0: Heyo everybody! Welcome back to Lena at the Homestead. Happy New Year! Happy January, I guess. Happy twenty twenty three, herbers. I'm your host Tay,
1: and I'm your host Rach,
2: and I'm your host Sam. And welcome to episode fifty one. It's our first time recording this year. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Life got a little crazy, so we're back now. back and happy to be here yes yes nobody missed us everyone's gonna be like oh nah this is a new
1: episode that's whatever i'll listen to it in four days
2: but for like the three of us we hadn't actually talked to each other like on zoom in like three or four weeks and we spent like 20 minutes on here prior to recording just saying oh wow it's good to see your face
0: yeah like we're used to being able to see each other's faces on a weekly basis if not more the holidays really just threw us for a loop and it's good to see your beautiful faces again
2: Plus, you started a new job today, so congratulations.
0: I did. Thank you. It's been Yay. also keeping me very busy, <laughs> but I'm very glad to be out of that mode and here. Great.
1: Who's today's guest? First off, I'd just like to say we're all very happy to be back in your ear holes today. The guests, they're kind of like our history expert here in Erplandia. And just like overall the kindest soul, I swear, in the whole entire world. Um. So be ready to get educated because we're ready. Erpers, please welcome to the podcast
3: Purgatory Archaeological Survey. Woo! Hey, Bass. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate oh,
2: it. it. It's good that you, I'm glad you're here.
3: No, I'm glad to be here. It is. It's so good to see you guys. I know you're all the way from
1: Purgatory.
3: All the way from Purgatory. <laughs> I'm
0: also really glad that this landed post all of the conventions and like having that in-person time to get to Mm -hmm. know you and now be here because I'm just ready. Like I'm more ready than I think I would have been (laughs) if I hadn't known you.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
3: no, I know. I mean um, like I ended up knowing Sam and Rach like through other ways through friends. Um, But but then yeah, with you Tay, like it's, it's really the podcast where I got to know you.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that drag club. (laughs) yeah
2: and that (laughs) all i remember is you saying hey we're going next door dancing i'm like okay cool walk in latin night drag clubs everything is in spanish listen
1: though listen how good of a night that was though amazing
3: it was a great told you what a local told me they said dancing next door and i was like "Bet." and i had wrangle all the sports gays away from the tv to go next door It was a big group. Yeah, there was a good number. There was
1: probably like fifteen or more actually. When we left Slammers, I feel like other people just followed us over there. Like people that weren't even with us but were so herpers, like they just like we all just
3: followed each other everywhere. It was, it was pretty fun. Yeah I'm full of herpers going to a yeah. late night drag drag show. So that was our Palooza adventure. <laughs> Anyways, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's how we all really friends branded in the us. same setting. <laughs> so, how did you get to Erp in general before the drag shows? How did you get there? Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, let's take it back to a time before the Latin Night drag shows. So, it was pre-pandemic, but just barely. And I was home by myself for a few weeks. My partner was gone, and I just started watching it on Netflix, it came up, and I was like, oh, like a sci-fi Western, that sounds weird. And um, watched it, sort of kind of got interested, like it was a slow uptake for me. I wasn't immediately like hooked, like it took three or four episodes, I think, to really kind of get into it. But I really got it, like, of course, like, like you know, Waverly and like Mel and Kat, like it's, it's, you know, beautiful people, of course um and like the women love story you know of course it got me interested but really this weird like history element of like sci-fi fused with actual real history that they melded together and I'm like this is interesting it's factual but obviously they're playing they're using some of the facts like to fit their storyline um which a bunch of shows do that but this is like a really like the wild west quote-unquote is a really short time frame in American history. And so like using that like American folklore, but it really was real people who lived, Doc Holliday was real, the Earps were real. Like using that as like a, a vehicle to tell like this weird little sci-fi story I thought was really interesting. And so, so I looked stuff up, I looked up who were the actors cause I didn't really recognize anyone and stuff. And, and one of the articles I read was about the fandom and how big it was and how it was all really living on Twitter and living on the internet And how it was mostly queer people and it was a lot of uh women or um non-binary people i'm like well this is just like this just keeps getting more and more interesting and so again home by myself like occupying myself watching (laughs) this tv show and like diving into it and and with your cats with my cats (laughs) yeah it was only one cat at the time oh and so i like never i never had a twitter account this show is using history in an interesting way. There's already an existing fandom. And as an archaeologist, I was already interested in public archaeology or public outreach. So it's basically how you are able to reach the public to do education or events or or just get people involved or interested in history or archaeology. So I was kind of it was kind of converging of a few things of like, what if I made a Twitter account? somehow got into this fandom that already exists and then use this show that i'm a fan of and i'm like liking as a vehicle to like infiltrate into the fandom and like maybe some people learn something about something Mm -hmm. and like use it as a way to do public archaeology but in a very niche population
2: you're the teacher using the reverse psychology to actually (laughs) teach things and people don't realize they're learning things that's what that was kind
3: of like that was kind of what I was thinking was like people are already a fan of the show
2: that's genius
3: so they are interested in the show and the characters they might be interested to know like hey did you know that Doc Holiday was real did you know that Big Nose Kate was real do you know the history of Earp Clinton feud you know and some of the history I knew I was going to have to some of it was going to be real and some of it was going to be kind of sort of made up based on the universe that the show created so I kind of had to play with it a little bit but it was just fun to play with and then I was shocked when people actually like would start following me I actually have screenshots every time it went up by like 50 and I was like oh my gosh another 50 and then <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome and then it was like 100 or, like 200 and I'm like screenshotting it every time it reached like more and more and, and you're
2: at 3500 now that's a lot of yeah, screenshots awesome. yeah well at some point I was just like oh okay so this <laughs> yeah is <a> but <laughs> like at
3: the beginning i really was just like
2: uh something's happening i will say when i first followed found you on twitter i don't remember when it was or what not but i really i had no idea you were a real archaeologist because i yeah. don't know any like archaeologists in my life it's not a common practice in mm-hmm, pennsylvania mm-hmm. or in philadelphia um so i really just thought it was you were just a history buff and was like oh this would be a fun thing to tweet about Mm -hmm. sure yeah and then i met you i was like and you said you was at denver yes and you had like cosplayed oh yeah yeah i came
3: as like an (laughs) archaeologist
2: That's how I knew uh,
0: that it was yeah. truly like a real thing you did because yeah. they took one your of your things was confiscated things because they were like too serious. you're digging tools. It was my trowel. Yeah, it was my that. trowel. It was my. Yeah. It was my. And real I trowel. and I was like, so oh to, like, shit, that's really what they do.
3: Get it? Like it? It was. It could be used as like a weapon i guess and oh, yeah. it was sharpened because like we like sh- filed them really sharp but they had, yeah they did confiscate both of them but we got them back that's that's, that's
2: good what thank yeah, god yeah. you got them back because i would have said to have had to buy new ones
3: yeah i mean i would have but I, I had like i said i had those for like 10 or 15 years or something i've had them a long oh. time
2: So then when did Research Waverly come about? So Yeah, that's actually,
1: that's how I found you was through someone was doing the Research Waverly and like taking it places and tagging you. I love that. That might have
2: how I found it, how you found you too. But
1: that's how I found you. And I was like, this is so cool. And then I like, obviously we started to read all your tweets. It reminded me of Flat
3: Stanley. Yes, that's where I got the idea was Flat Stanley. Um, And for people who are like born in the 2000s, Flat Stanley (sighs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is, um, oh, not the young one, young's, youngins
3: <laughs> It would be like, I don't know, it's like a little paper cutout thing or a little cardboard cutout thing or whatever that you'd color when you're like in grade school and you would like mail it to your friend or someone that lived in another state and they would take them on adventures and take film photos um, of their adventures with Flat Stanley and they'd mail you back. The photos and then you'd like present it in front of your class like flat stanley went to the empire state building with my friend who went
2: on vacation like that would that's flat stanley that's
1: really cute i didn't know about this but i was yeah. born in 1998 thank you very much
2: <laughs> my, no one none of my teachers ever had us do a flat stanley
0: we got um an email at work this week and it made me think of you it was a little girl who was trying to collect postcards from every state for her third grade class. And it was like, Aww. will you please send me one from Idaho? And we were like, you bet. You sure that <laughs> wasn't
3: Katie? <picture> <laughs> <postcards. laughs> ah.
2: Wait, I got really happy today because I got home from work and I finally got Katie and Luca's Christmas card and it had yeah. a wax seal on it. Same. I like. I ripped it out and
3: put it up there with the photo. Yeah. I should send her a picture of it actually. She'd like that um so yeah with like with flat research waverly it was the same idea as flat stanley and um it was it was again a way of like okay if i get if i create a flat stanley that's erp related and who's our favorite little smart person it's waverly or little nerdly mm-hmm. if i can put waverly on like a flat stanley thing and that would get people interested if nothing else for the artwork if mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. just want the artwork places, is fantastic so, so that was the idea behind that. And I got um, Taylor Rose to do the art. The tarot card. I, I love with, her. The tarot card artist, yeah. Oh, shit. That who did it? And what I annoying. messaged her and I told her this is what I want to do and this is why. And she thought it was great. And I gave her like kind of a mock-up drawing of an idea and she made it like way cooler. And uh, and so, yeah. So I, I have those um, on my pinned tweet. They've been my pinned tweet ever since. Uh, I have a Google Drive doc that you, anyone can download and then print her, like, cut, like print her and cut her out. And um, yeah, so that was the idea it was like, I want I, people always think archaeology is just like Egypt or the terracotta warriors in China or, you know, whatever. It's these big monumental things. And it is archaeology, but archaeology is also like literally everywhere, like no matter what state you live in, what town you live in or just cool history stuff um is everywhere and people kind of sweep that under the rug especially in I feel like in America in the U.S. um it's usually white history it's usually um like it's got to be super 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 old or we don't think that it's valuable
2: mm-hmm.
3: um which is like not I mean there's so much history here there's thousands of years of history here so I just wanted people to like kind of think about like what about that old Victorian house down the street like that's got a story to it or Um, there's you know that plaque that you pass downtown all the time that tells the history of like this building wasn't always a CVS or something like (laughs) there's there's a little bit of everything everywhere and I thought Research Waverly would be a good way again if you take a picture with it you tag her you can tag Winona Earp um, and you can like use the use the tags and sort it it can tie in the fandom again to like sharing history wherever you live yeah that's amazing that's great
2: I might have to print one out for Manchester
1: i know Sam. i know myself and probably these two and everybody else listening like how did you even become an archaeologist because i know that like sam said earlier they're not really at least where we're from pennsylvania like sam said i don't know a single one which it probably not because it's pennsylvania but like yeah i'm just very curious
3: we they are everywhere but there's just (laughs) not many (laughs) yeah um but especially like where you guys are, I mean, yeah, there's like lots of, lots of um, universities and and companies and stuff that need archeologists. So there's basically three kinds of archeology. span There's like, you can work for the government be an archeologist. You can work in academia and be an archeologist, or you can work in the private sector, which means when like, if you're building a building or a wind farm or whatever, you need permits. So part of the permitting process is you actually have to do archeological surveys. So they're really ubiquitous. Like they happen all the time. Um, and only when you do have some really big site like Jamestown, like they employ archaeologists, they're there year round, right? Like they're always doing excavations and stuff, um, or other you know sites like that. But, but for me, I guess like since I was a kid, like I always thought it was really interesting and cool. Like I, I thought dinosaurs were cool, and then when I found out about mummies, I was like, this is way <laughs> cool. Um And so I just was like, I'm just gonna be an archaeologist when I grow up. And I thought again, I had to like probably like go overseas to like do archeology span and didn't really have an appreciation for what was here. Um, And so, but when I like, I knew like going into college I looked up like, okay, to be an archeologist I have to major in anthropology because anthropology is kind of like an umbrella. You have um, cultural anthropology, linguistics biological anthropology and archeology span are kind of all under that anthropology umbrella. So I majored in that and then I knew Going into it, like if I wanted to be able to like have any mobility in my job or like be a boss one day or be a crew chief one day, like I'd have to have a master's degree. So I just went ahead and just went right into that straight out of uh, undergrad and then got a master's degree. And then I really lucked out that before I ever finished my master's degree, I got hired on at a cultural resource management company that was in the same town as my university. So I got, like, job experience, like, immediately and, That's awesome. and just did that for a while. Yeah. But it's a small what world. You, is... you, you talk to any archaeologist and they're like, they know who you, like, went to school with <laughs> and who your professors were. Like, it's like a weird, like, family tree, basically. Aww. I
1: took an anthropology cl- uh, class in college. And I really liked did it. I my did, too. Was that was the cool. science I took in, in my first year of college. I took like I took so many of those kind of classes like I took geology plant biology like I took like a lot of stuff like because I love I love that stuff like I don't I could never like it would be a hobby for me like I don't think I could do it every day but I love learning about that stuff it's a fun
3: hobby too like there's you can you right now can like sign up for like your state almost every state has a program that does public archaeology so they like want people essentially your free labor. So for you, you're like, ooh, cool. I get to go work and dig in the dirt. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. We don't have to pay you. Um, and you're like supervised by a real archaeologists. But almost every state has like a program, like um like an archaeological society that you can like pay membership to. And then they have usually have like a dig like once or twice a year that you can go like you can go dig at an archaeological site.
1: Sam, let's figure out Pennsylvania's and we're gonna go do it. Let's go. It, uh, I was thinking
2: probably a cool one. Now I'm intrigued. Is there a big overlap between like archaeology and geology?
3: Um, There can be. It no. depends on like what your
2: specialty is. So some archaeologists
3: specialize in lithics, which means like stones, like like stone tools. So some archaeologists are, you know, they really specialize in like knowing geology, knowing what types of rocks like the stone tools are. So it can tell you like what region they're from in the country. Um, so it helps pinpoint, like, trade routes or, you know, where, a, you know, a point originated here, but it was found over here, um, that kind of thing. So some archaeologists are, like, pretty pretty well-versed in geology, and some are, like, really good at, like, um, like zooarchaeology. So, like, when they find animal bones at sites, like, you got to know what kind of animal it is. So an archaeologist is going to, you know, maybe have specialized awesome. in that. You know, stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I've always been curious about that. Like if they find a whole dinosaur's like bones, how they know where all the bones go.
2: I don't it's know. Not that hard. That's the anatomy part is not that hard.
0: Well, oh, know, like something that
1: you
2: haven't
3: been able, able to study. Species. Yeah. yeah. It was very new
2: species, uh coming from an anatomy standpoint. Anatomy is anatomy. Also, if an archaeologist
3: found a dinosaur, they've dug too far.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now what That's is another, the, you got to go call a paleontologist. Difference. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is the coolest thing you've ever found in a, in a dig? Um. And where was it? Yeah.
3: So I did one time find like a fragment of a bone hairpin. So it was a deer bone wow. that was carved super, super fine, super thin, and it would have been like someone like you know pulled up their hair and put a pin in it,
2: and it oh was
3: it would have been about two thousand years old, and it That's was um, I found that at, Toltec State Park, which has now been renamed Plum Bayou State Park in Arkansas. Um, that was like one of the first things
0: I found at that site. Um, did you know what it was, or did you have to
3: think on that one? Uh, so at that point, like I. I was still an undergrad when I found that and um, so I was like again it was one of those situations where I was at like a sponsored like a dig where I was like a member and like my dad was actually there with me and we were camping out and he was doing this excavation with me and a bunch of other people and so I found that I was like this is definitely like bone but this is like worked like this isn't like a splinter of a bone like a human has like made this thing that's and cool. so I showed it to the archaeologist and they were like oh yeah this is a bone hairpin it's carved and very you know very awesome. neat you We'll know, bag it tag it. they showed me like how to like you know document it and everything
2: and did they have to like test the bone like fragments to see if it was that was deer um I don't think they, they, like... they
3: didn't but I think based on other common artifacts in that that's just... associated at the that site did. like it's common yeah. that they would use deer bones for stuff like that that's so cool yeah, it's pretty neat. It was like that's a thing that like someone very meticulously carved and like cool. hasn't and, like, touched so and like I, I just love here. those, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yes, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the one of the coolest. And one of the first. So that might be why it's one of the coolest.
1: And your job's taking you like all over the place too, right?
3: Um, I've never excavated outside the country, but um, I've done like work mostly in the Great Plains and some in the Southeast. So Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, Arkansas is mostly where I've worked. Is
1: it just like, is it easier out there just because like, it's, I don't know, more, well, maybe not widespread, widespread, but like, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like if you would come here since we have like a lot of mountains, it would be harder that makes sense I mean I know Colorado has mountains but like there's a lot more deserts out there too and stuff
2: oh yeah
3: where I was working in Colorado was like the plains like it was not in the mountains yeah um yeah I mean you couldn't right now I mean I have the ability to like you know choose what I do but like you couldn't pay me enough money to go survey in a swamp
2: in Louisiana.
3: Like, I don't, I have no interest in doing that. But archaeologists do it all the time, you know?
2: That's sad. I would be afraid of the gators. Everything. I'd be afraid of everything. Well, yeah. You just you, you just turn around. There's just one just like chilling, just taking a tan. Yeah.
3: The snakes, the, the snakes. massive spiders.
2: Nope, nope, nope. Mm hmm.
3: I've, I've almost stepped on too many snakes. Like, I have just a, almost an irrational fear of See, them. You know, so that's, that's, that's probably why I don't do it. Yeah. Because, that would keep me yeah. from this job. Mm-hmm. the shop. Yeah.
0: The snakes. Yeah, it's, I couldn't handle them.
3: At least rattlesnakes, like, give you, like, a heads up, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. if you hear them. Mm-hmm.
3: If, they, if they're nice and they warn you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, well, not well,
3: all snakes do, you know? And you're just like, it just makes you think. Once you've seen one, then you're just like they're everywhere, and yeah, they're probably they'd... they're probably five feet away from me, and I have no idea. You mm-hmm. know,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, that's not really.
1: Nope.
0: No. Does it um, like, is it hard for you to have gone on like all these herb trips and not necessarily had all the time in the world to go research and investigate yeah. like the towns and the cities that are that have been like very historic cities?
2: Yeah, I've yeah, seen the, you in for sure. New Orleans and you were like, oh, I'm going for the cemetery tour.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The New Orleans was one of the ones I was like, I am, I have to figure out one thing I'm doing. And um, the uh, erper I was staying with, Caitlin, was like, cemetery tour. I've looked it up. Here's, here's a short list. And I was like, amazing. Great. Let's do it. This is exactly what I wanted. And it was amazing. Like, it was a great tour. And I'm so glad we did it because it's because I like cemeteries. This is so sounds so morbid, but I like to go to cemeteries wherever I go, because you do learn so much about like the particular culture of the area and the region. And like, like, I, I love some on some headstones, like they depending on the region where you're at, but they would put like, you know, John Smith, born in North Carolina on this date, died in this place in Louisiana on this date. So you're like, okay, I know half this guy's life story. You know, he came from here. He died here. He was. 80 years old you know sometimes they put like the profession of the person on there or like the headstones themselves can tell you so much about you know the person's social standing or how much money they had or what social clubs they were in especially if they were men you know in the 1900s or 1800s mm-hmm. so I mean like that can like cemeteries just tell you a lot but like Toronto I would have loved to do more in Toronto when we were there and um, yeah but I don't when I'm there I just want to like I don't mind, like, skipping off and doing stuff, but, like, we're there to
2: Earth, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, I yeah. want to hang
3: out with Earthers and wanna... I definitely
2: want to go back to New Orleans and do more mm-hmm. of the history stuff that I didn't get to do when we were already down there.
3: Yeah. And, like, just, like, eat more food and listen to more music down there, too. Yeah, that, because yes. I
2: did not get to listen to a lot of jazz music when we, we were We didn't there.
1: even go to a jazz club. We did not.
0: Was yeah. um Denver, like, a very good, happy medium for the two? Because it was any of that stuff would have been rationalized or justified because it's irpy
3: yeah it's kind of hard not to be irpy in denver right
2: mm-hmm.
3: um yeah we did what did we do we did some like we went to some like church that was turned it that had been turned into like yeah you guys did do that huh Like a, what was it called it was like a weed church like some some company what? had turned it in, oh yeah like was, I know we're talking everywhere and about... like mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. like a light show in there like they painted it like super cool in the sanctuary and then they did like a light show and oh not okay it was not historical at all but it was really cool (laughs) um yeah i mean i did go this is it's still like i don't know how far away it is from denver but one of the last times before then when i went to colorado i did go to glenwood springs uh, to Doc holidays um i remember those
2: pictures Mm
3: -hmm. yeah which isn't actually his grave. It's just a, it's a false, well, it's a headstone, but it's like, he's not actually buried there. He's buried in, like, the potter's field. But it's just the place that you can go to, like, That's you know, cool. pay respect. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I
1: guess, and, like, too, speaking of him, like, how much did you know about the Earps, and I guess even maybe the Clantons, like, okay, Corral, like, before the show,
3: did you know anything? Yeah, I knew, like, I knew like the gist of it. I knew the Erps were lawmen. I didn't know details, and I knew the Clantons were on the opposite side, so I figured they were doing some shady stuff. And I knew there was a shootout, and that Wyatt Earp lived and the Clantons lost. Like that was basically it. Um, And but then when I really started looking into it, like Winona Earp has dramatized it, but the real story is like super dramatic like it could be its own like western soap opera of like oh my gosh we need that. the entanglements of like l- literally like love interest triangles political intrigue like there's all kinds of stuff with the clantons the McLaurys, like the king Earth.
2: arthur but western yeah.
3: <laughs> and um and like the sheriff behan like the other the other law person sort of in this mix there was a lot of like interpersonal drama with these people over a really kind of short period of time like two years or something like that it's Wait, not like they had decades of of the feud build up it was a really short fuse
2: i was gonna ask do you know like how long was the wild west period in american history not at the top of my head of like when that time
3: period is but i know because it shifts right like as you are moving kind of further west like the wild west in like st louis missouri is going to be different than the wild west period and like
2: like texas you know
3: like texas or arizona or something so there is some like time period you know sort of shifting there but i want to say off the top of my head it's like it's like a 20 year time period or something it's not very long that's longer than i was expecting it to be i thought it Mm
2: -hmm. was i was thinking it was a little shorter for a minute
1: i just feel like there because there's so many like movies and shows that use that that you feel yeah. like it's such a long time period like but 50, that's
2: crazy 60 years but yeah like you really is... be looking
1: at that on um and
0: taking notes on how to
3: expand a niche because yeah <laughs> well it is a unique kind of a unique like american thing right like not that there weren't other colonized places that then you know were um settled like like Australia like they have kind of a mm-hmm. similar sort of situation but um, but I could I could be wrong on the duration but I know again like you say in terms of like our cultural like zeitgeist of how long we think like cowboys existed and the wild west existed it's really not that long and like it, it also fluctuates on you know like the Spanish also had their own you know colonies and stuff in certain parts of the country and And you know, then the Americans moved in, and so then they, you know, there's other expansions here and there, and like so there's different pockets, I think, of the country that 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 period would be shorter or longer and had different experiences. But but yeah, like once it got into the movies, like Hollywood, then it they figured out, like, oh, this is you know super unique and there's so much there we can tell stories, and that's really Why we still know who Wyatt Earp is, is because he lived long enough and he lived in Hollywood. And so he became friends and he had some biographies written about him. So he had friends who were screenwriters in the early years of Hollywood. So he was a stuntman, he was a consultant as an old, old man. And he was one of the only ones who was still alive. Doc Holliday was dead, all the Clantons were gone. his brothers were gone. So Wyatt Earp was able to live long enough to create his own narrative and then tell that story to people who are influential in the entertainment industry. And then that's why we even know who he is. And then they started making movies about his life and about the shootout. And it became this like holy shit, thing.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I had no clue about any of this. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so it became like this legendary thing because he kind of made it thing and people were also intrigued about the wild west and like the yeah. lawla- lawlessness of it mm-hmm. and all this sort of thing
2: like,
3: um wow. yeah so he was able to kind of craft that like that's why I think they did such a good job with it when we go into like season four of you know when they go into the museum and you see like old Wyatt Earp talking and Doc has really mixed mm-hmm. feelings about what he's saying and stuff because I feel like that could have been true if Doc Holliday were an immortal person who got to see kind of how his friend, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know about like, you know, their personal relationship or what he would have said about Doc Holiday, obviously, but like just the idea of like, he's being interviewed, he's got biographies written, um, he's talking to screenwriters, he's he's able to tell them what he wants. And um, Wyatt Earp's wife, Josephine, or sadie i think she kind of went by sadie but her real name was josephine she was she was just the same so it, uh, during his life she really curated his like legacy and then after he died she even more so like guarded you know what was true and what wasn't true and controlled huh. the narrative
0: so wow, when wow. You, with the <laughs> limited just, knowledge that you had going crazy. into the show were you just waiting for the other shoe to drop and like the Clanton shootout and stuff aspect to come and come in and it wasn't, was it wasn't, it wasn't. And then finally in season four, you're like, okay,
3: so here's where it is. Yeah, I was waiting. I was like, this is why the ERPs are famous at all is because of the Clanton feud. And like the writers just, you know, like held on to it for so long and it was just surprising. And I liked how they did it. I liked it there. There was kind of this parallel between, you know, the Erps have this curse and Winona has to carry this cross and then the Clantons kind of have this vengeance curse like the curse of like hate basically that they carry with them and that Cleo is like kind of the opposite of Winona in that way where she Mm -hmm. has this cross to bear but like she doesn't even she doesn't want it you know and so I thought like that was kind of interesting um I again like we all want like you know more ERB and like what season five could have brought. I thought the Clanton storyline could get chased out and could get, you know, would have been interesting to see.
2: Have you talked to Emily about like all of your research and all of this I stuff? No,
1: I feel like you need to have like a two-hour dinner with her and just like, <laughs> you know, like just put it all out there and be like, listen. I
3: did. I did talk to her a little bit, um, and really it was uh, the first thing one of the first things i asked her was uh did she know that the hot family in arizona was a real family in territory in the territory of arizona that lived around prescott at the same time that virgil erp would have been around like what they were they were contemporaneous with the Earps in arizona no proof that they knew each other just saying it wouldn't have been crazy if they crossed paths and what did she say she said no but she also said like it wasn't like a specifically like thing that she knew about but she said like it probably you know in her research of finding the names like like hot um she's pretty sure she's seen it you know in um like when doing her research that name probably came up I really time. thought
2: she just made that name up No, for real, me for too The concept uh, Side note from Nicole Hot and all this history There is a goalkeeper In England Whose last name is Hot And just like And, and Herbs, right? And, and there's Mary Ertz yeah. from the English Council yeah. I'm like, how the fuck does England have two of our people? So, okay Back to you <laughs>
3: No I mean that that was like one of the first things I asked and she was like no but kind of but no um but I did have someone from the hot the hot family like a descendant from that family find the thread that I did on the on the hot family history oh my god I did a long time ago like well probably about a year ago and he messaged me thinking I think that I was like a real archaeological survey and he was like hey i have all this information and i can show you this and i can tell you that and just like let me know and and um i told him like i really appreciated it and i like just wanted to, to be clear like i'm not an actual archaeological survey i am a fan of a tv show that uses his that uses your name yeah, oh
2: <laughs> yeah what God. was his reaction and, uh, please tell me he watched the show
3: he hasn't replied
1: <laughs> see but that's just like the quality of your work like yeah. mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I was well, gonna say when you because I used real I used real history of his family mm-hmm. yeah his family's yeah. a known thing and, and it's not just like they're like nobody like they wow. were like movers and shakers of early Arizona so the Arizona Memory Project has a lot of information on the hot family of their history and a bunch of other stuff so that's that's why i used it and that's why he found that's how he found it online yeah
1: i guess like this kind of could take us into so i don't you probably don't know this but we asked people on twitter for questions for a certain guest that we were having on tonight um mm-hmm. and this one is i think this one was from alex uh popcorn uh 17 and she says, how long does it usually take you to research, organize, and draft your th- threads about the history of the herbs, the Hots, buildings in Purgatory, etc.?
2: Yes, that is right. Um, I just double-checked. Yeah.
3: Um, Depending on how much information I have, it takes a long time. And I will usually, sometimes I've even typed them up, like, in a Word document, and like just copied and pasted them into a thread and um tried to get all the photos I need because I like to usually use one photo for each tweet if I can Mm -hmm. but yeah average I don't know sometimes for those long ones it'll take me a a couple of hours maybe and do
1: you just like go to like the like how do you find the documents to read and like all of that kind of stuff
3: so, so the Hot family is like a good example. Um, like I said, they're they're a known pretty big name in early Arizona settler history. So, the Arizona Memory Project. If you go, if you go on there, like they have a ton of information. They have audio recordings of like some of the older family members of their family history. And then once you kind of know the names, then you can kind of Google other things. Um, and there's stuff that comes up all over the place because usually like with this, it's like a local history so there's like mm-hmm. local historians or, or or people who are historians that made like little booklets about the county history of this particular county in 1985. So like someone's digitized that and so you find that online. And so you can just like summarize those things or take snippets out um, for like the like the okay corral shootout there's a ton of information online what's hard about that is actually like distilling it all this information into like tweets because there's just so much information Of like well i want to talk about 10 different things so i think it's all interesting but like what can i put in like 20 tweets on a thread or something
2: so, so, my so again, that's when are you writing your book
3: i <laughs> don't <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. You wanna like, it takes me two hours to write tweets, Sam. Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> it could be a book of tweets. <laughs> just, I'm sure after this podcast my into, people like, are
1: they're gonna want an audiobook So there you go. Just do an audio book. Yeah,
2: yeah. You just
3: have to read it. Yeah. People will type. listen
2: to your voice.
3: Oh, that's good to know. I did oh gosh. Remember remember um GRT Con that was like all online, mm-hmm. all virtual. Yes. That was the first time I ever saw
2: you. You did a panel. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, They were nice enough to, because I talked so long about the shootout at OK Corral History that was supposed to be an hour long panel. And I made like a Prezi PowerPoint. It was a whole thing. They, I got through literally half of it, and I was like, "This, I am not good at time management, obviously." <laughs> and they let me like do a second, like a part two for the for the history panel, which was very nice of them. Bernie, um, let me do that. So those those
1: should yeah. be on YouTube now, are they yeah. or no?
0: Yeah, they're on
3: YouTube. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll link them those on for sure.
0: For sure. Nice. Uh,
1: yeah, I like. I just want to take
0: a moment to thank you for doing the work but then sharing it like you're doing it for your interest and your curiosity and then sharing it is a whole nother beast of work and you you just like give it to us on this pretty little platter exactly what we want you've done the work yeah
2: you have the accurate information out there is great you're not just like just spewing random facts that don't mean anything anyone could say anything that they want to but you're taking the time researching it all using credible sources trying you not a professor right now
3: oh because academia is rough man nobody nobody wants to go into that why would you want to grade papers
1: when you could be out in the field
2: yeah you get a ta to grade all your shit
3: (laughs) (laughs) and why do that when i can just erp and That's true do her, and do history like i can do exactly. I, i've combined the two things that i really get a, a joy like a kick out of and like i know like i obviously like like it if you can't tell but i Absolutely. also e- equally like when other people are get interested in it mm-hmm. and like it and learn something new like that gives me a buzz so when i did the panel with shelly and Kristen in boots oh my god that a was such a
1: good pan
3: and I asked people like who knew nothing about shoot out of the okay corral or Herp history before the show and like a, some people raised their hand and I was like I'm so glad you're here like this makes me excited
2: <laughs> um okay you now own a piece of herb history I do how is the baby
3: she good it's a burning she question good. Everybody would yeah. like to know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No, the truck is good. The Truck is running. Um, She, as I was told, because I'm not a mechanic, that she looks really good for her age. You wouldn't know that. You oh, had to story. go through
1: so many hoops, though, to get her here.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm never buying another truck from Canada that doesn't have the title. Like, those were two double whammies. Oh, oh Um, Tay
1: knows car issues Tay's had Tay's had, and Nash have had their fair share of car Mm -hmm. issues
0: my car actually came from Canada I didn't have to do the dirty work though I just received it my car is in kilometers and celsius
3: (laughs) this one this one was manufactured in Texas at one point in time and made its way up to Canada so there's that it is in miles so I got that going for me um but the the very nice folks helped me sort out the issue with the title um but it is here it's in the united united states and um you asked how old how old it is sam yeah,
2: how, old, how old is that truck it's like uh,
3: 1994 ford f-150 wow. so older than rach and me
0: and you by a year okay 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 and okay. me older than
1: yeah. also though like so they said it's it's looking in good shape so obviously the insides don't match the outside which is good no well, that's
0: one of my questions is like how much of the duct tape is just to like aesthetically get the point across to the show that like this is busted like is there just tape and glue that like doesn't need to be there
3: yes
2: okay that's good like there over is the tape gas that cap. doesn't
3: need to be there like over the gas cap's a great example. I, I use that gas tank, the tank that has the tape like diagonal over the cap. Mm, yeah. I just filled up that tank. The door works, like it doesn't need to be taped closed. Like it's just for aesthetics. Um, you can tell, uh, again, not a car expert, but when you like walk around the body and you look at like the door that has like the red on the side, especially, you um, you can I feel like you can tell like it is purposefully painted it's not like like I feel like some artistic person went in there and like really kind of chose where to kind of scuff things up and where to paint over things and stuff like that
2: our art department probably yeah Yeah. the truck is great
3: Mm -hmm. I'm glad
2: you have it I I was also
1: so happy that Mel knows that Ann has it
3: yeah I know I uh I think I think it still makes her a little sad I know Um, she was like give her a kiss for me
2: yeah you have yep. to like okay how good like is it a smooth ride or is it like bumpy like how's the drive how's the drive
3: so um not bad those seats are actually really comfortable like the seats themselves are pretty comfy and they have like like an arm that lays down um like a captain's chair kind of like it's, oh, it's a pretty pretty oh, like comfortable seat snazzy. to sit in um but, I mean, it's not a luxury truck. Like, no. it's not super smooth. It hums a little bit. The tires hum, Um, I think, because of the treads. And I could probably get the tires that have less tread on them, so it'll hum a little less. But, okay. Um yeah. What is so, the
2: closest con to where you live and where Mel will be so you can bring it to her?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Well, Mel and a con in 2023, I think the only option I mean, is Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Or... So there is a, there's a, is it GalaxyCon
1: Should in I December Galaxy. or something? Well, no, there's GalaxyCon in Richmond, really but there's go there, there's one in December in Columbus. <sighs> that's that be a possible. I
3: know, but I, I think that's only California. Closer than we Buffalo. That's true.
0: Yeah. Um, and Columbus is closer to me. Is okay. there, I do have another question. Is there anything like interior that you could tell is like jerry-rigged for filming purposes?
3: Like, is the interior just like fucked? from also oh, you found stuff inside too right it did just like little things like uh there was a folded up piece of paper where they had like the set layout for uh, the wedding so it was like oh, an exterior did. Did of, like how to set up like the tables and the flowers and stuff that was like in the glove com- not the the console I feel like this middle.
0: truck is its own little dig for you
2: yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> wait have you sat in the box
3: no i'm not dom sized like i can't get in
0: there hey tape, tape I mean, might be the only person that entire... could fit in there we could I we could... could cram me in the box yeah tape i didn't could... know if you tape just like
2: tried
3: no i haven't tried you should but oh I...
0: my god oh my god oh my god oh my god you need to like fasten research waverly like she's popping out of the box and you need to take a picture opening it
3: please do that i, I will do that i can okay. do that she'll fit for sure <laughs> um oh i did find like fake glass in like breakaway like like the sugar glass stuff is that what you mean i think i think that's what it is it's i think it's from the scene of the crash and there's like glass going everywhere and
2: oh my gosh yeah from season three clean it Mm -hmm. and then see if it's the sugar glass
3: I should it by the way annoys my dad to no end that i will not fix it I will not, like, just clean it all out. And, like, he's like Is it really... it'd be a really nice truck if you actually
2: fixed it. So, wait, did you get it, like, the license plate you got put on it? Is It's, like, fully registered where you would live and everything? Yep. That's cool. Yep. Yeah.
3: It's really road cool. legal. It's okay. all good to go. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you drive
0: it, like, just for fun? Or are you, yep. like, no, my baby has to sit there?
3: No, no, no. I, I drive her around town. She hasn't gone very far um i take it easy on her but yeah like uh this last weekend we went the f- for the furthest drive we went for an hour away and like ran some errands and drove back in her yeah
1: yeah i'm so, so cool. happy her has it because i i don't know if we ever know knew where the camaro the,
2: but i don't
1: think it went to an urban that i think a car we're...
2: collector or like a yeah. car person i
1: figured mean, i figured because that. that was in it's pretty good shape beautiful car Mm-hmm. but for cheap if your like,
3: collection.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah 7,500 that's like
2: that's a steal mm-hmm. if I lived yeah, in Calgary my dad, that... if, if my dad was in Calgary he would have bought it I'm very happy that you got the truck uh,
3: yeah I will continue con- being a conservationist of the truck
1: much appreciated against mm-hmm. your dad's wishes
3: <laughs> yeah it really is like it just really <laughs> burns his biscuits I will not get that grill fixed <laughs> will like not take the duct tape off
0: no yeah um have you like fully photographed it and everything in order to be like okay when the weather takes the duct tape away like I know where to put a new
3: strip like I have taken pictures of some stuff yeah um because the I did take it to a mechanic as soon as it got here because the headlights were busted and I'm Mm -hmm. like I don't want to mess with that like I do want it to be safe and legal and everything so I got the headlights replaced but nothing else and when I explained to the mechanic what it was, why it looks the way that it does, what I'm, what I want fixed and what I don't want fixed, he got it, and so he even replaced some of the duct tape that he had to, oh. take, to take off to fix that part. And oh it's my like here, gosh. see, I did it. You what know, a like, guy! You oh
2: yeah, sweet man, sweet man. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Oh God, this makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a question, not truck related. From the anonymous Twitter user, (laughs) Uh, how do you feel about limestone? How would you compare it to amylite? Do you know of any revenant-repelling qualities limestone has, or is your fascination purely non-mystical?
3: Purely non-mystical interest in limestone. I, I don't know of any protective qualities. I have no idea how it compares to amylite. Um... And the only reason I was fascinated with it is because you see a lot of limestone when you fly into to Dallas that I, I never noticed or Austin and I never noticed before, until I was in a plane and I made note of it, and I made a geology friend that way. That's good. So cool. It has benefits. Yeah, but... it has friend <laughs> friend making benefits. Um,
0: That's we have fun. a couple other questions from non anonymous from Heather. What deep dive have you done that was your favorite that
3: you turned into a
0: thread and shared with everybody? That is a good question.
3: I know I already mentioned it, but like the deep dive of the actual context for the build-up, the lead-up to the OK Corral shootout was really, really interesting, and I didn't know a fraction of it before I looked into it. And like I said it is way more complicated and like dramatic than what I thought like for all I knew it was some guys getting drunk and just like shooting at each other and it, you mm-hmm. know like <laughs> yeah you know yeah. don't know like there's interpersonal relationships there um that I had no idea and then when I s- started reading all of the information because again there's like it's almost a cult following of like Wyatt Earp at this point mm-hmm. so going through the internet getting all of the resources like trying to figure out like what was fact, what was fiction, and then just like a ton of information and trying to distill that down into something like interesting enough to read. Um, that's one of my favorites, because it was so much info, but it was all really interesting. And I think like, that's the thing that I, I thought Erpers would get the most kick out of too, because it has the most um, bearing on the show and the, and the history of, of our characters. And so I thought if Erpers are gonna, if Erpers are interested in any of the history, this is something that could really kind of hook them in. And, and, but I waited a really long time to do that thread because I knew that was the obvious one, right? Like the OK Corral shootout history. Like I did everyone. I did the real life Big Nose Kate. Um, I did like, oh, did you know that a, a rock circular lined well is actually an, an archeological site? Um, please don't go inside them. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Don't throw people down them.
3: Yeah, like I did like everything but that for a while, but that ended up probably being one of my favorite ones. And the hot family history one was was really good too. Really fun. Um, I don't know. It's partial. I'm partial to the wells, you know.
2: Oh, I did do a
3: thread on like, there's one mention I think in season, what were the Black Widows season three? Two. Two. Yep. There's one mention that Bobo makes of the mine, and he said that uh, Bolshar is buried there. And they said he can't be; it has to be on consecrated ground or sacred ground. And he says it is to the Assiniboine, and that's the only mention of of any indigenous tribe or people in the whole show. And so I did do a tribe on, or a thread on on the Assiniboine people and their connection to that part of the country um which is one of one of my favorites
1: wow okay
0: i'm gonna look that one up
3: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: that makes me think like are any of the revenant um storylines are they based off of any personalities kind of like how some of our characters are that
3: you know of or no not that i know of but i don't know i mean i haven't i should maybe look at that I, i don't i think they're just characters but i'm not sure um yeah i'm not sure Stupid Carl's not actually real.
2: God damn it. Yeah. Stupid Carl. He never um, actually lost his tongue.
0: <laughs> Heather also wanted to know, which maybe it goes with the OK Corral research, if there's anything you learned um, that just really surprised you, or maybe an answer that you didn't expect to find, whether it be new information or you figured it would be a different
3: answer than what you dug up. Um, I mean, I didn't know the Hots were a real family. And I was going to be even more surprised if Emily said, oh, yeah, no, I knew that the whole time. And they're totally based (laughs) on (laughs) them. They're based on them for sure. The role that Big Nose Kate played in some of the drama and lead up to the OK Corral, like she wasn't totally a passive actor in in real life. Like she was. um, She was involved, wasn't she? She was kind of brought into it. Yeah. Because like her and Doc fought, just like they said in the show, like they didn't always get along. So like she got really drunk one night, and the sheriff at the time, who was in league with the Clantons, kind of plied her with more alcohol and got her more riled up and had her actually oh, wow. sign that. David saying that Doc Holliday like robbed a stagecoach and he did this to try to get him arrested. Um, and she signed it, and a judge ended up getting it thrown out. Um, but like she kind of got brought into like this this drama this real life drama that played out and i didn't i didn't know that i thought she just was his girlfriend or whatever but like you know she was really there um not obviously participating in the shootout but in the interpersonal stuff
1: yeah speaking of her i got her whiskey for my birthday from a few <laughs> have you tried it glorious people i have not opened it yet i may have to do it probably super bowl weekend because i think that's the next time i'm gonna like drink so maybe that weekend. But, I mean, weekend it looks really pizza. good. And like the bottle is so beautiful. The bottle is really cool. And like, I love that Melissa McCarthy's involved in it. Like she's a big backer of it. I love it.
2: Did not know that.
1: Yeah. Her no, and her cool. husband are like big backers of it. Like, I think they're actually like, I don't know what it's called. It, like an executive producer would be like what it would be in the alcohol world. I don't know what that's called. I, maybe a backers the right word, but yeah. that, you know. Yeah, she's investor. an executive producer. Yeah, investor. Yeah, because they they post about it all the time. That's actually how I found it, because she was like posting about it, and I was like, "Wait, is this the big nose like the big nose Kate that like we know?" And I looked it up, and it is. And they have like her history on their site and everything. Their website is built out really cool. Yeah, it's really, and it's a be... it's a uh it's a female owned company too, which we is love awesome. all of that. Yeah, yeah, we can link that too in case people want to check it out. I tweeted about it a couple months ago, but. Yeah, I think it's really cool. You
2: know what else we love? Not your questions. I'm kidding. (laughs) I love when I stress my friends out by asking a random question. Uh, I thought of this one at work today because I was getting a little annoyed at work. What's your biggest pet peeve?
0: Loud chewing. Yeah, that's 100% mine. hear like wet chewing even if your mouth is closed oh, it's almost worse mm-hmm. being trapped in a car with somebody eating an apple like i want to just roll out of the car i don't even
3: care that's
2: also why i hate oh my god I, I i like an apple cut
3: i could handle an apple i think but it's the it's like the smacking and the like a swish kind of like
0: oh a, i can't even mm, it's so it. bad yeah. it's
3: so bad yeah
2: I was going to preface this because Paz is like one of the nicest people I've never heard them really complain about much and I wanted to hear Paz complain about something <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean I don't think i throw myself out of a car but just know like in the back of my head like it is a thing that I am gauging mm-hmm.
2: Right? what's yours?
1: Well I think mine are fresh because I just came back from traveling mm, One is People that cut lines. Oh my oh. god. Yeah. And like this weekend though, surprisingly, nobody did it. And which was good. But also the next one is like every single person that stands up as soon as the airplane lands and you unbuckle your seatbelt, like we all have to get out. You're just making it harder for everybody else to get out. There's and like been you one there's, can't
0: even stand. People will be like standing exactly. under the overhead bins and they're like this. And it's like there's this been, literally
1: can't be convenient for there's you. There's been one mm-hmm. flight I forget. It was on my way to a con, but it was the first time that not a single person stood up and everybody got out how they wanted to. And I was like, am I in a fantasy world? Like, this is, like, worse if your flight's delayed.
2: Oh, yeah. flight,
1: my flight down on Saturday morning, like, there was a few people that stood up, but you're always going to have those people. And it's always men because they have to stretch their legs. Not Like, I'm not tall. I don't have to stretch my legs, you know? And, yeah. And then, so my flight back yesterday got delayed by two and a half hours, and so everyone was just, like, over it. So literally every single person stood up when the plane landed, and I was like, you're making it harder. And also, I just saw another one, when, this is specific to men, because I was in a middle seat, and I was sitting between two men, and oh, they just, God. their legs.
2: No, red eagle.
1: All in my thing, and I was like, God forbid we spread our legs open, but they're allowed to just, Yeah. Okay, I'm done. I probably have more, but that, those are fresh because it all happened mm-hmm. to me yesterday. Travel, travel brings them out, though, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Mine is easily slow walkers. Mm. I cannot well, stand. You're people...
1: just an extraordinarily fast walker, so I don't know if that's fair. Yeah, like because... what is this? Is this in general? Like if you're in a
0: grocery store and they're just slow, you're gonna be like, ugh, and go around them, and you're still gonna be yes. like, why? Or is it like people that you're walking with?
2: Both. So, okay. so even okay, I can't stand people who walk slow. Like no, yeah. even if I have time, I'm like get the fuck out of my way. And also when I'm driving, people who don't use their turn signals.
1: Oh my god, yes, that is, yes. That is a safety
2: concern. Even your Tesla and seatbelts. If you don't wear your seatbelt, fuck you. You are asking to die. I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair. I guarantee you, so many people have so many different pet
2: peeves. So I'm
3: excited to see yeah. where everybody this else are.
2: Uh past where can the people find you on Twitter or Instagram or social any social media?
3: Instagram and Twitter is at Purgatory Archeo. Same handle. Find me follow there. will link it there. below.
1: <laughs> My then, Instagram
3: has turned into more of just art, but I need to put more more history. <laughs> yeah, as
1: if you don't have enough talents, you're
0: an artist <laughs> yeah, as well. Really?
1: Wow. If we um, couldn't love you more
0: yeah speaking of artists and whatnot is there anybody that you'd like to shout out Ooh,
2: any friends, animal person anonymous yeah. anonymous twitter sh- users
3: gotta shout out my mom you know oh. i have no idea if she'll listen to this but you know love my mom we love moms. um uh yeah anonymous erpers i guess whoever they are <laughs> um tim's mustache we miss you really we really um, do you really do uh-huh you know my mom doesn't know
1: who he is without his mustache it's a different man mm-hmm. i yes. showed her a picture from surreal estate and she said who is that man and i said that's tim and she said no it's not <laughs> It's a
3: true actor you know the chameleon yeah and shout out to you guys for having me on the podcast i appreciate we're excited it we finally got yeah, you on here we're, we're excited love that we're yeah. to talk to you uh no thank you guys for having me on this is really fun i really this was great i could really do this for another couple hours (laughs) right honestly
1: you're probably gonna people are probably gonna want a part two and i'm here for it because i love learning yeah especially from golden retriever types like you
2: Mm -hmm. yeah if anyone ever sees pass of the con golden retriever
3: and golden retriever (laughs) on the same podcast
2: just know that they're a golden retriever yeah you need a golden retriever is what you need like actual well, legit dog. but
3: the cats my cats would have something to say about that Don't get over Don't oh. get over it. you've never met them
0: oh my god thank you all for irping with us it's good to be back this was a very lovely guest to come back to and with
1: you can find so all of our <clears throat> i mean people know the drill by now right hmm. our links for merch and social media are in the episode description and everything you could need lives in our bios via link tree
2: as well you hadn't said that in a couple weeks you were rusty. it's been like a month okay <laughs> so give
1: me cut me a break important stuff is linked
0: yeah that's really um, it.
2: including the important stuff include the google sign up form and the merch
0: and thanks so linked will be um the panels that we were talking about yeah. in this and maybe a
3: couple of Threads that were mentioned.
2: So, thank you all for listening. Yeah. Happy Urban 2023, (laughs) y'all. Hell yeah. Until next week. Bye,
1: y'all. Bye. Bye, y'all.